Good morning, motivators. Welcome back to Dr. Drill's Making Motivation Podcast. It's friggin' Wednesday. Hump day. Yay. Skies are looking blue. 36 degrees. Let's do this shit. Listen, this podcast is going to be titled... And I quote from uh, Kurt Cobain... Thank you for the tragedy. It helps my art. That's a paraphrase more than a quote. But essentially that. Thank you for the tragedy because it helps my art. That's going to be my philosophy. That's going to be my method. Because yesterday, the 8th of January, Tuesday... We put down our poor, our old girl, Kimora June Oberst, aka June Bug, June Balloon, Angel Junus, Junus Iscariot, Junie, Junie B. So that was one of the hardest things that I've had to do in recent memory. A longtime dog lover, probably had. 10, maybe a dozen dogs throughout my life, starting with Max, the Weimaraner, and Goldie, the Mutt. Count cats, we probably had four or five of those across the years. There was Heidi, Heidi Ann, the uh, St. Bernard, and Blue, the Blue Merle. Beautiful dog, real tall, big, Great Dane. Two different English Mastiffs. Several uh, Fila Brasileiros. Batface, the little Karen Terrier. All these critters, all these creatures, all these dogs, these canines. Man's best friend is fucking right. Jesus. The pain involved, uh, you know, watching her day to day, watching Junie start to move slower and not be able to play like she used to and lose interest in certain things and all the little fucking warts and shit that would pop up and her fingernails grew long and her pads on her feet started to dry up lose traction on our tile floor she grew weak stiff but she still had a great appetite she still had a lot of love to give and sure she sure as hell did give it yes she did Junebug was like uh, a third parent to my children. She was our first child. She was she was there. She was there when we brought Sam home from the hospital almost 12 years ago. And then Lily. And she was there when we rescued Momi, crazy friggin' 
broken, nutty, selfish dog in comparison. She had a kind of a rough life mummy. You know, we assume, prior to our adopting her. <clears throat> and Junus tolerated it all, took it in stride. And there was plenty of love to go around the Oberst house. Plenty of support. Plenty of care. And so I knew the day was going to come. Having had all those canines over the years, I'd been to doctors, dentists, or fucking dentists. I'd been to friggin' veterinarians, and I had seen our dogs get old and bumpy with their fatty tumors and arthritic hips and the whole nine yards, and get your fucking ass moving. You fucking idiots. I had seen all that. The arthritic joints and the fucking fatty tumors and all kinds of other illnesses. We even had a dog one time, Blue, Bucking Blue. They got into a fight. Two big dogs. One was a Great Dane, one was an English Mastiff, and some sort of dispute. And they tore each other up pretty good. And Blue had the shit end of the stick there, get chewed up or his ears and all that stuff. And I remember my mother calling the mobile vet, which I thought was a really great thing, to come around and ultimately put Blue to sleep. And he wasn't mortally wounded. I don't know what the fuck she was thinking. But she thought she knew best and was trying to do the right thing. So I've seen this before. Dogs with lifespans in in a maybe a decade if we're lucky, right, to have these creatures in our lives. People, if we're lucky, will make it to 80 years of age plus. But everything gets old and everything dies. Everything suffers. And the rest of us watch along the way. That tragedy. Or what we consider tragedy, you know? These are our lives. This is a day in, day out waking up with this devoted friend rising with you and just looking for a little walk out there to do their business maybe take a little jaunt maybe go down swim in a creek or a lake have some kind of adventure with their with their people they're always there and should voices be raised should somebody be angry or sad? The June bugs of the world, these incredible Labradors, faithful companions, unconditionally loving. They're the first ones to come over to you and lick the tears from your eyes. But <clears throat> to keep her alive, to keep her suffering, her legs were going out from under her, she wasn't eating, she was suffering in various ways, she couldn't breathe, and so yesterday afternoon, it became apparent that we didn't want her to endure this any longer, and it's a very, that's the biggest mind fuck, is when you are like in charge, you are, it's your call. I don't want to pull a plug. With human beings, we really chase our tail with this, don't we? 
who am I to decide that, you know, we're not going to, we're going to take my loved one off life support. I would never want to do anything to hurt that person. And so with first do no harm in mind, it was apparent to us that the right thing to do was to try to prevent any further suffering or insult to this creature who lived so fully Live such a full, adventurous life. Anybody who has ever been around us. And it's it's comforting when people say, Oh, Junebug, oh, I know you loved her so, and I remember she was great. And They saw it. You know, people see the devotion that uh, dog and owner have for one another. They see it. And we appreciate it. Man's best friend is no bullshit. So last night we took our beloved Junebug, beloved family member, with the kids, piled her up in the car, and brought her to the veterinarian. And for once, upon arriving at the veterinarian, she, uh, or heading out down the veterinarian, she did not shake or pant excessively, violently, or have a flip out in the waiting room. Instead, she seemed comparatively calm, and I carried her up to the door and into the back room, and of course, all these people working at the vet, I'm sure they'd seen several, at least, of euthanasia, you know, mercy killings throughout the day seen it before, but they read it on our face that this is what we're there for. And kids and Mandy and I piled into the room as the vet uh, gave us, you know, instructions and expectations, delivered an expectation of what was going to happen and did we want to do advanced, uh, you know, diagnostics, talking about x-rays, blood work, and all that shit, and, you know, you, it's, it's, it's very tough, right, because you always want to hold out hope, you always want to think that maybe, wow, if, they, if we find exactly what's wrong, then we can fix it, but think about your grandparents, think about the people that you love who've grown old and, and tired and diseased, impaired in some way, think about all the things that we just automatically try to do to help these people. We want them, it's almost in a selfish way. You know, I don't want to be a Dr. Kevorkian here, but, you know, we are thinking, you know, we're going to put our loved one on life support so that, uh, so what? So they can they can hang around for a few more months, maybe a year, maybe years. What quality of life will they have? Will Junie ever be able to go out there and swim in a creek again? You know, will she? Will her legs give out while she's trying to traverse the stairs? For the last month, I've had to carry her up the stairs. Just so she could sleep in the same room with us.
so what the fuck we're going to do? Take some x-rays? See that she's a, essentially a senior citizen dog and her bones are arthritic, her joints are arthritic and she's got these fucking fatty tumors all over, maybe something in suppressing her breathing. She couldn't walk more than a few you know, meters before she would start panting. She was like breathing heavy constantly. And so there we sat in the room, informed by the vet and staff, kids kind of not really fully appreciating what was going on, but I think it was important that they were there for that. And the, the vet delivered the meds, and she passed, you know, she rested her head on the floor and her tongue came out. delivered a second uh, solution and that was it humane euthanasia so that's tragic <clears throat> but I think it was the right thing to do and, and that's where we're at right now with uh, Mandy has taken it harder than anybody this is her first dog before she met me um, she had never had an animal a uh, family uh, dog, and so she was a little skeptical about it, and next thing you know, her and Junebug became best buds, and Junie was there in the office, greeting every patient that came in the door, and she was there when we brought our kids home, wrapped up from the hospital, and she took care of us. She and I went on many adventures, running up fucking mountains and crossing creeks and doing things that, you know, the rest, a lot of other people just keep their dog in, in a kennel or some crap or put a fucking sweater on them and walk them down the sidewalk and that's their life. Junie really lived a tremendously adventurous life. And she got old and she stopped being able to do some of those things that she loved so much. And we also got busy... Mandy back to work and kids growing up, going to school, all these moving parts. There seems to be no end to. And so, it was kind of like a My Dog Skip scenario. I think I mentioned that the other day. My Dog Skip, devoted companion, has adventures with the children, chases away the bullies, licks the tears from their eyes, so funny, so wonderful, so loving, and Skip grows old as the kids grow, and they're off to school playing with their friends now, and then Skip just kind of lays around a lot, you know, clearly missing the kids, but always there, always fucking faithful. You know, that's my motto, always faithful. Turn while you got the opportunity, fuckface. That's my motto, always faithful, right? I ain't shit. These dogs are the fucking most precious creatures on the face of the earth. And you know that I've been wax and philosophical and exposing myself to various midlife thought processes of uh, why are we here and 
what's next and you know what should how should we be living our lives and how should we consider consider this world and the beauty of it and sometimes the pointlessness of it how should we consider this world is there a god is Junie up there in heaven? Is she is she mere matter that has left the physical form and now floats on some frequency that we can't see, hear, smell? We can't detect with our crude sensory apparatuses? I mean, isn't that really what we are? We are this computer processor... And these various sensory organs. Maybe one sensory organ is going to dictate touch. I can touch and pet and stroke my June bug. Pat her on the head. Pat her on the butt. Squeeze that little point right anterior to her tail. Where her hips join her pelvis. Where there's a lot of stress. And watch her feet as marking time as she pats her pause on the ground because it feels good or it tickles or maybe it hurts I don't know can't see my June bug anymore Her beautiful face and freaking warts and all kinds of ugly ass growths and long fingernails and all that youthful beauty fades away I can't smell the girl she had a distinct smell started to develop a little freaking, you know, got freaking dead skin hanging up, slawing off, and got a little halitosis going, she's always panting around, she started to smell like a fucking old lady, loved it, I miss that smell, can't hear Junebug anymore, her panting next to me. The way her body sounded as she hauled her old ass off the ground, started walking and panting. Or when somebody would come to the front door and she would still get that instinct where she was going to bark at them, and guard the house, follow suit with Momi, who's a fucking maniac. Will kill most any delivery person. So here we are taking in all this sensory information about our environment and about the things that we love, about our family pet. Is she beyond that now? Is she somewhere in the ether floating up? Is she around me? Is she in my is she in me? You know, I believe I say that she's in my head and my heart and in us. As I grab my family around the dinner table and clasp hands and try to get some something out beyond the emotion. Try to say, say something that puts people at ease, makes, makes us feel a little bit better about the situation. About doing the right thing, hopefully.
All I know is it hurts, and it hurts me. But I've seen this before, and I'm a realist. I know that old dogs suffer and die. And old people do the same fucking thing. They struggle. And it's hard to see that. Your heart goes out to them. But I'm most worried about my children and my, and my wife. Because this is new to them. It's their first taste of a real hardship. And as much as we appreciate all the condolences and well wishes... It's very, very tough. And I'll end with this. It's a quote that I ran across. It was about an old couple. And husband, let's say, was on his deathbed, and the wife said, Honey, you know, I know you're I know you're gonna leave this world soon and I love you and God keep you and all that stuff. But what am I gonna do without you? And the husband says, take the love that you had for me and spread it around. And so that's what we're going to do. Is all that love, all that this dog embodied, kindness, selflessness, the hugs, the, the, the licks, and all her little nuances that we were going to miss so much, from her blanket and her little dog special bones that she liked to eat to how excited she would get when she was going to go jump into a creek and wag her tail and look at me and we'd communicate just in a look because we don't speak dog right seemingly we're going to take all that all those sentiments all that love and we're going to spill it into the rest of the people that are worthy of our love. We're going to spill it into their lives and help them. And we're going to help one another. And we're going to make a, pull out a pallet and take that love and make beautiful things with it. It's what we have to do. That's all we can do. It's crazy. You're driving home from this crap last night and every song that was on the radio, if I turn the radio on right now, everything is, how can I live without you? You know, it's all fucking love songs like that Chris Farley from Black Sheep or whatever. I think that was a movie where they're driving and he, he lost his friend or lost his girlfriend or something. And every song that comes on the radio is something about love and loss. It's fucked up. Listen, I'm hurting, but I do appreciate the fucking tragedy and I will use it in my art today motherfuckers I will stay motivated huh!